Hi and hello and welcome to the RBR.music podcast. My name is Steve Curley and as always I'm joined by the creator of the RBR.music Instagram page, Jordan Murray. Hello. Hello. Oh, hello. <laughs> Where each week, in true RBR fashion, we're bringing you classic and new album reviews. It's our mission to cut through the noise to discuss the sound. On the RBR.music radar this episode, we're going to be discussing Eli, Paperboy Reed's seventh, seventh album, Down Every Road. Born in 1982 as Eli Hussock, this American singer-songwriter has brought something new to our ears. Over to you, Jordan. Down Every Road by Eli Paperboy Reed. Throughout his career as an R&B revivalist, Eli Paperboy Reed has centred his attention on the soul made in the back half of the 1960s and the early years of the 70s, a period that happens to coincide with Merle Haggard's, Merle Haggard's ascension to the upper echelon of American music. And the reason I point out Merle Haggard is because this is pretty much a covers album. Well, it is a covers album of Merle Haggard hits. Merle Haggard, if you don't know, is one of the most successful singers in the history of country music. A few artists have been as popular and widely admired as Mr Haggard. Merle Haggard, one of the most successful singers in the history of country music, whose songs about his scuffling in his early life and his time in prison. Um, can you remember what prison, Steve? Quen- San Quentin Prison? San- where, yeah, San- um, yeah. Yeah, where uh, Johnny Cash performed. Mel Haggard actually spent three years in there for burglary. So he is a real-life outlaw. So the genre of his music is outlaw country, I guess you could say. So, yeah, that's a bit of history about Mel Haggard. So every song is a Mel Haggard song. So during this period... In the early 60s and 70s, country and soul intermingled in a, vari- in a variety of fashions. But Mr. Haggard didn't quite partake. He sang blues and jazz. He wrote a pioneering song about interracial romance called Irma Jackson. But he didn't delve into the gritty, funky sounds emanating out of the South. Despite this, Eli Paperboy Reed's decision to record a full-length tribute to Mill Haggard not only seems right, it seems logical. And I say that because there was so many country bands, let's say, moving into funk, like country funk, country swamp, all those sort of genres. Mill Haggard never really touched it. So he's got the bare bones of of the music, uh, Eli Reed, to create what was being created in the early 60s and 70s with the blueprints of Merle Haggard's works, and he can cherry-pick his favourite songs, which he obviously has done. <sighs> Merle Haggard's music encompassed so many different sounds and styles and emotions that they could easily be rearranged into retro, into retro soul numbers. So, like I say, this is precisely what Reed does on Down Every Road. Sticking with the material Haggard wrote and recorded for Capital, uh, Capitol Records. All but one of the songs here can be found on the landmark 1996 box set, which, if I just look at my notes, because I can't... Which is actually, that's the one, isn't it? That's yeah. Down Every Road, 1962 to yeah. 1994. Yeah, so that's why he's obviously called it that. Yeah. So Reed recasts 
these songs as slow burners. There's some ravers. Um, I say ravers. There's some sort of high, up-tempo, funky sort of numbers. I suppose you could rave to them if you're that way inclined. Yeah, the 12 songs here have the punch of a stack of old 45s. You know, the record, you know when you're just flicking through the records, throwing one on? Or I suppose... Not like I ever did that, to be honest with you. But it's like putting your um, streaming service on shuffle or something, or or creating your own playlist of um, your favourite tracks of a particular artist. And, yeah, it just works great. Most of them... Well, Steve, you probably know this, and you're probably absolutely fuming, but most of them clock in well under three minutes, the songs. Which I, th- I think you'll find the whole al- the whole album is thirty three minutes long, twelve tracks. I've already done my maths, and yes, a bit a bit fuming on that, but you know. Well, I think I, get past I yeah yeah I think it gives the album quite a swift momentum. Well, we talked about this a few times, and away for the jovial side of it, I think obviously with it being a covers album, you can't really cover a, a song and make it longer, really, can you? If you're going to do a fairly kind of straight cover, well, you could. Well, yeah, not if you're going to do a straight cover, but you could like open it up to a bit of a jam session, couldn't you? Yeah, but obviously, music from the fifties, sixties, you know, before and you know, it was, I suppose only really the turn of the turn of the sort of late sixties, seventies. A lot of tracks, you know, rock and roll and and country tracks, they were two minutes long, one minute ninety, two and a half minutes. The short tracks, um, yeah, we're yeah. we're a lot more used to that four or five minutes in, in, in modern songwriting. I guess that's just part of the progression. But yeah, if you're covering someone else's song and you're trying to be fairly, um, you know, you're trying to tribute it more than kind of, you know, rewrite it, you, you, you can't make it any longer. So I, I forgive him because it's not really his timing, is it? I would, I'm not a songwriter, so I have absolutely no idea, but I'm just going to say this anyway. I wonder if it's harder to write a shorter song to get your point across because a longer song I mean, a long song would be harder because you've got to keep the interest of the listener. But you can put, like, all sorts in a longer song, like repeat choruses, um, change the tempo and stuff. Not to say the tempo doesn't change in these songs, but, yeah, I think a shorter song... Like the Beatles, when they were coming out with shorter songs, it's a... I think it's a... It seems a very hard craft to make it memorable and so short but anyway yeah yes yeah. well i suppose yeah that's your, your, your segment of t- no no i know what you mean i mean i think the first thing that i picked up on this album and i'll be dead honest i um, i didn't know who paperboy was i didn't i wasn't really aware on any real level on um haggard as well um Actually, I was researching Reed, and then obviously went just went to read a bit more about Haggard. I mean, it, you're right; he had an interesting life. I think five marriages, six children. Um, I think he started smoking marijuana when he was in his forties. I think he famously partied for five months in the eighties after buying a ton of yeah. cocaine. Like, obviously, quite a character, and I can understand maybe why Reed has probably got. You know, you don't. You wouldn't just do a covers album without really sort of understanding the artist behind the original, would you? So, I can certainly see um, that musical attraction to kind of this 
I don't know, clearly quite the wild man yeah. of yesteryear. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. He, he seems more like a um, a mythical character. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that's rather I'm, than a real person. And, and we Obviously like that. We like this yeah, sort yeah. of extra okay, narrative yeah, yeah. illustration. Um, and, and, and it was before all social media, which yeah. I like because it's not so, so. It's like folk songs that get passed down generation to generation. Tales of haggards will get distorted and exaggerated and yeah. changed slightly, and just to make people laugh. A bit like Keith Moon with all yeah. the crazy stuff he used to get up to. Some of it is exaggerated some of it clearly isn't but it just adds to all the flavor and the mystery surrounding um the artists we're, we're which ne- i think you completely lose oh in, um, yeah if, if, if it was a, a day and age well if, if it was an artist today it'd be a meme on tiktok wouldn't it so it's that's just yeah you know uh, it's it's quite nice to have that sort of lost allure um, I think the yeah. first, I think the first thing that you hear from this album, there's there's definitely a maturity and an aging to how he puts it across. I, I I got a lot of tones from the era that it comes from. Um, yeah, I don't think he could. You said this was his seventh album. I don't think he could have done this as a debut or his third album. Like he's he's learned his craft. Yeah. He like Paperboy Reed. He's um, yeah, which is proofs in the pudding, because I think this album's quite remarkable. Work that Merle Haggard's done and how far he's taken it and, like, yeah. how short the songs are. But it's it's just filled to the brim of um, just strong sounds, like with the brass and backing singers. And his voice, we haven't really mentioned his voice, but his voice on this is is something to behold. He's, he's really working hard, Um all his different pitches and stuff. Well, he seems very, it seems very versatile in his vocal ability as well. I mean, um, there's a couple of times I had to sort of almost, you know, when you come to an end of an album that you don't know that well and you, you sort of, it goes on to the next album. There's some t- I had to kind of almost check myself a few times because I, I do think he's got great versatility in his voice and the way he delivers this. And I think um, I could hear that old school soul coming through him. Now, I suppose I'd need to understand Reed a bit more. I know you, you you might be able to answer this, but is it Reed or is it Reed kind of filtering Haggard's history? I don't, I don't know. You, you've listened to more albums than I have of him. Is is this sound something that he's kind of he's got within him, or is he created for this covers album? I think he packs a lot of imagination into this record, which is a far cry. I'm not saying Mel Haggard hasn't put imagination into his songs. But I think when Mel Haggard sings from complete and utter experience, Reed is singing more from... He's trying to embody Haggard as... I can believe in his lyrics, let's put it that way, and the way um, Eli is putting them across. He's turning Mama Tried, and it's not love, but it's not bad, into instant soul romps while teasing out he teases blues music with um if we make it through december and today i started loving you again yeah so it's he cuts through in a good way he cuts through all sorts of genre yeah but keeps it primarily soul where haggard was more blues like pushing into jazz 
it's clever because like we said it's it i think i used the term like a, a straight cover it's not really a straight cover is it? it it's a straight cover lyrically and he's not rewritten you know he's not there's no remixing it's just his version of, of this yeah it's like i said before with um like folk tales like folk songs where they got passed down uh, and things got changed a little bit he's not changing the lyrics they are what because i think the source material is fantastic what mel haggard has written is he is like a poet with a guitar yeah. mel haggard well i suppose quite a lot of singers are aren't they uh, but i mean you buy into mel haggard because he's lived it yeah and as I said before, yeah. No, I was going to say, yeah, you're exactly right. I think you get... uh, Sorry. So um, I think Reed places equal emphasis on his vocals and guitars, um, making sure to keep the melody a message of the songs. I think that's what we're trying to... Our point is he keeps as much of the imagination he puts into these wildly creative brass parts and backing singers and his vocal range... The message of the songs is still in the forefront and letting Haggard's songbook, um, I believe, shine through to the listener. Yeah, and I think you can you can feel that. And then, again, not being a, a massive fan to date of, of Reed and knowing too much about him, I think you, you, you can see these really classy nods to, obviously, you know, music that inspired him, Um I heard bits of sort of Wilson Pickett in there. I could hear yeah. there's a bit there's Otis in there. I even said there's a little bit of um, early Jackson Five. I, I'm not talking about the sort of the the, the funky sort of uh, you know numbers. That, you know, that soulful kind of um, vibe is is definitely uh, yeah definitely present. In, yeah, yeah, and, and and it's an impressive nod to a yesteryear of music because soul music soul music isn't produced like this anymore really or, or, you know in a, in a commercial pop charts type sort of thing so obviously if you are talented enough like clearly reed is to 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 be able to put it out like that i think you know you've got to nod the past and celebrate what's gone before so it's a real for me it's quite a, quite a really clever album because You've got all these lyrics that don't belong to you that you're reworking into a different genre. It must be a very tricky concept. It's like writing a song, which I'm sure is very difficult in itself, but it's almost like refurbing a house that already exists with beautiful features that you want to change and adjust. And you know, to me, and it's 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 yeah, a put real your stamp skill. on it. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And and I, and and I, I thoroughly enjoyed the album. There's a couple of tracks that didn't catch me. Um, as much as others and then there's some that you just get like you said because they're really short you get lost for like six seven eight minutes at a time um i went for a walk listening to this and i kind of like you know when you walk and all of a sudden you're in a place you sort of hadn't really recognized you'd walk to that's how it it, it, <laughs> it really takes you takes you on quite a lot kind of <laughs> well not quite that far just the uh, cemetery up the road you know but it yeah it, it just it, it it sort of i don't know what did, what it sort of took me it took me somewhere else for a short period of time and I enjoyed it. Um sadly there are a couple of tracks that in the in the middle of the album that break it up a little bit for me. Um and they're not particularly bad or anything, just I just didn't enjoy them as much. But um otherwise, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed. Um and I really enjoyed understanding the depth and the quirks of where this album's come from and 
you know, what, what, you know, I'd be very, very interested now to hear what he does next. Um, you know, what other inspirations does he have, or is he, go, you know, go back to writing songs as he did before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is um, I probably say this every time we uh, do a podcast, but if he has the full backing of a brass band and the string section and stuff, I think seeing him live will be quite a spectacle. Oh yeah, 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 definitely. He's 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 he'd be one that would sneak onto list. And I'm guessing he's he's not. I don't believe he's got a massive following in the UK. Um, he seems to have a lot of accolades, sort of you know, being you know music industry accolades. I don't I don't get the impression he's sort of you know selling out open air arenas or anything. So it's probably a good one to get to um, uh, for for less money and and the ease of a more casual gig than. You know, a network. No, yeah, a... that's my point, really, because it's not that bit like, and I mean this respectfully, to tour with a huge band, like with a brass section, string section, and everything that's on this album, it's going to cost a lot of money to move these people around and put them in hotels. And as it's not a huge, huge name, I think it's going to be a pity if he doesn't manage to present these songs as they are on the album on a stage if that makes sense uh, but yeah I, ho- I hope he does I hope he gets that chance to perform them mm. as he wants to perform them yeah well how, uh, not, not, as, not as he wants to perform them as I want to, as I want to hear them <laughs> well I was quite uh, I was quite interested I, I noticed yeah. his latest record label was Yep Rock Records um which I think are a bit of a quirkier record label. I think they, I think they, they, they sort of, I think they really drive artists that don't want to be kind of pigeon, you know, hold into kind of a certain genre. And I, I was reading Billy Bragg's on there uh, uh, on the label. I think even I think Paul Weller is as well. Uh, Nick Lowe. So not 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 a sort of you know not not a, a, a small record label by any means. But um, again, a record label with a bit. of character so again you're starting now to see that this this chap and again as a complete novice to him he's clearly there's a quirk isn't there he wants to do things his way and again i hadn't really done my i always listen whenever you recommend anything i always listen to it before i do the looking into it because i want to sort of take a raw first impression um he doesn't look anything like i thought he would do he i mean i'm not seeing too much of his sort of um you know character traits or anything but i can imagine he's just not as you imagine him to be you know because he on this album particularly i mean you know it it, it could have been wilson pickett album it really could it's got all that history and and yeah i was probably expecting to see an older guy with more wrinkles on his face from the life that he's led from the way he sings but actually i think he's only 40 this guy or 41 i think 40 what you want um yeah yeah Looks, yeah, looks more like sort of a, I don't know, bit of a, bit of a, it looked a bit Elvisy actually. I thought, but um, yeah, no, really cool. Um, I'm definitely going to now dig more into him and listen to his sort of back catalogue. Um, as I said, this is his seventh album, uh, his debut album, which was uh, Walking and Talking. Is that right? Uh, in 2005. Yeah, I'm not going to discography up. I don't but, know. Yeah, why not? Yeah, I think I think that that, that might be a bit of an EP. Um, but then right. uh, Roll With You, I think, was his, his, his first proper full album. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to 
go back and listen to more. Um, I suppose it, it's at this point of every pod, George, we put our rubber stamp, our rbr.music review. Where are we Where are we leaving this one, Jordan? Yeah, what's our star rating? So, yeah, um, I am with you with there's a few songs that don't quite hit the mark. And I do think they fit into the album. It's not the facts that they seem misplaced. I just don't think that on the money, because a lot of the songs on this album are so good that when there's a slight misstep, a slight slip, it's very noticeable. That being said, I'm going to give this 4.5 out of 5. It loses half a star because of the very slight missteps and 4.5 is, you know, it's a it's a fabulous score. Yeah, well, you, I, don't, you I, I, I can't think many times you've really given out the five. So 4.5 is very much at the top end of what you deliver. So 4.5 for Mr. Reed. Well done. So it is it. Well, yeah, well, very well done. Um, it is at this point we do our feature, which is the good, the bad and the rad. And as it says in the tin, it is a good track, a bad track and a particularly rad track. So I'm going to start with the good track this episode. And I went with I'm going to break every heart I can. Um, we like this one, didn't we, George? It was it was a really sort of solid track. Um, I think we both sort of went to this one quite quickly when we did our preamble before recording. Uh, what did you like about it? Yeah, I like the whole section. I like his vocal range from is getting his point across or Mel Haggard's point across. Is um, encompassing the passion of Merle Haggard, but with his vocal, his vocal stylings, that's just exemplary on this. This, I think, is a standout piece of his vocal range. And not only that, the backing singers and the horn, I keep on talking about the horn section, but I'm very impressed with the horn section. The horn section just go off on just, it takes you on a musical ride. And for only like two minutes twenty-five, is that right? Um, yeah, there's a lot going on in that um, song, and maybe it's cut short because not cut short because it lasts as long as it needs to last. But it fin- it is like you say, like a Wilson Pickett sort of song, like a forty-five. You throw your record on, and it's just a blast of pure magic. And it does take you back to the um, back half of 60s, early 70s. Well, I say take you back. We weren't around then, but you know what I mean, to, to albums and um, singles that were around then. Yeah, 100%. It, it, it's got a brilliant bit of guitar in it as well, actually, uh, halfway through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A yeah. really cool riff sort of appears. And, um, and it's him it's, on guitar. It's him. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, it, 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 I know it sounds weird, but it felt like it was him. I know it sounds a weird thing to say when I've, I'm not seeing this being performed, so I wouldn't have known, but it, it fitted really well. So, yeah, really, really good track and, and definitely one to possibly start with if you want to start your journey with this album. Um, I was quite uh, passionate about the bad track. Um, yep. And I will lead with the bad track uh, as well. Um, if we make it through December, and I suppose I can't be too critical of... Eli, because he didn't write the lyrics. I just didn't like it. 
and I thought it was yeah. a bit a bit on the nose. It was a bit predictable. Um, it's a bit simple. I, I'm sorry. I don't mean to be disrespectful to anyone. I just didn't just didn't have. Well, you're doing a good job about being disrespectful, <laughs> my dad. Well, well, the contrast is, we've just said about the good track, how busy it was. I felt this was, like, far too simple. And on an album, like like I said, the the first, I think it's uh, maybe six... I think this, is, this track was to let things breathe a little bit, because there's a lot of... And I'm, I don't mean this... This isn't... I don't mean this in a bad way. A lot of the tracks are quite busy, or, or just full of funk and soul so i think this wasn't was just to catch your breath again but the same for me i think it it missed the mark um, well i also i think yeah. you, you can point at reed as well as I, I think the arrangement just is a bit odd because it's got these really cool kind of like horns and you know this 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 brass band kind of like and it does feel like 1960 soul and then the tempo kind of radically changes within like five six seconds and it's it for me, it's it's a bit it's a bit mismatch. Um, I've listened to it a few times because I wanted to try and like it and really understand yeah, it. Yeah. I just yeah, lyrically for me, and that's not his fault. It was just a bit simple and on the nose, and the arrangement just didn't yeah did didn't excite me. So um, that is our bad track. And as I've been greedy and stolen the first two, I'll pass the rad track to you, Jod. So the rad track is Mama Tried. This yeah. just got me hooked. It's the first track on the album, and I was like, wow. Because I'm aware of Mel Haggard, and Mama Tried is probably one of his most famous tracks. I didn't realise it was a covers album, believe it or not, um, when I first put it on. So I was streaming it. And I was like, oh, let's listen to this. This is a new album. Or it was at the time. No, it still is in a sort of way. Unless you're listening in the future, then it is not a new album. Uh, yeah, it's just rambling on. So I was listening to it and I was like really getting into it. And then I was like, I recognise these lyrics. What? All right. And then as the album progressed, I was like, I reckon all these songs, as I've pointed out, Mel Haggard is pretty massive is um, a country star in America. Uh, and I, I don't mind country music, but and I am aware of Mel Haggard. So, yeah, so when it actually dawned on me that Mama Tried was Mel Haggard's piece, it's like, this is how much work Eli Reed is put into his this cover, changing it to this soul funk that Mel Haggard never really touched on as a genre and I'd also like to point out we talked on our first pod about covers and cover albums and I said that I didn't really like cover albums because I think or cover songs because I think it's lazy I think you should just come up with your own stuff now listening to this album I've kind of come full circle because it's so different to Mel it stands it's a fine piece of work that Eli Paperboy Reed has done himself with Merle Haggard's lyrics showing off Haggard's songbook. So I believe if a cover is done correctly, 
it's it's just magical. Yeah, I mean, we, we uh, as, as long as it's not a carbon copy. Uh, well, we, like like I said before, yeah, go. On. No, so we've always differed on this, and uh, you know, you're you're never a, co a covers fan. I've always liked the cover, but what I like about a cover is the rearrangement. And this album is about a full rearrangement, not just of a song of a of a genre. I mean, it's really clever to take you know predominantly very country place songs and put this kind of really cool nod to nine sixty soul, and it does it genuinely. I think this album will stand up with, it may not have the same sort of um, reputation that, you know, some of the greatest... Listenership, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it is as good as 80% of those amazing 60s soul albums of the era and the ones we all love. And I think it's a breathtaking album um, mm. of... It, it's just created so well and for me I mean I'm not here to float my own boat or blow my own trumpet but for me not to notice that it was Merle Haggard's song straight away it's like he's done something special here mm. um, putting his own twist on it yeah no I think I think you're spot on and I, I think that's a, a great place to leave it so yeah thanks George I've enjoyed this one good find uh, please um, go and have a listen. Really cool. So, nice to everyone for listening this episode. Take a listen to Down Every Road. I'm sure you will enjoy it, and hopefully you can hear why we've been so impressed by it. Please do tell people about rbr.music and this album, uh, and you can find many, many other reviews and content on the rbr.music Instagram page, which Jordan painstakingly works on all hours of the day please do like subscribe and feel free to get in touch leave any comments and ask us to do a review and we look forward to speaking with you again thanks guys who'd have thought Merle Haggard a soul dealer